The Healing the City podcast is a ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you enjoy the Healing the City podcast and wish to support it financially, you can go to villagersonline.com, click the We Give tab, and follow the instructions. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Healing the City, a special edition featuring Pastor Eric Seepin, myself, Pastor Susan Seepin, soon, and Pastor Mark Crawford. Hello. And we are doing a Pilgrim Group intro podcast. So if you're new to Pilgrim Groups, you, this you're, it's mandatory to listen to us talk. So we'll try to make it as and brief it, and direct as possible. And if you're not new to Pilgrim Groups, still good to listen to. This will be awesome for you. You're like, really? That's what this is all about? So... Let us start. Why Pilgrim Group? Why Pilgrim Groups? And what is it? Yeah. Pilgrim Groups are a discipleship ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. Copyright 1999. <laughs> and we call yes, them Pilgrim Groups because we are on a pilgrimage together. Uh, we are journeying together. Yes. Special feature, they are either men or women. There are no co-ed pilgrim groups and that is because uh we feel like there are certain things that should be talked about simply with your same gender and also we have found in our ministry over the years that because many young families have little kids if your pilgrim group were to meet at the same time you'd have to get babysitting and babysitting is difficult so it's really cool if you can do... If you can alternate weeks or do yeah, different nights. And then different parents can yes. watch their kids. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of why in the structure, I guess, or at least the structure. And we have we have other places for families to come together or men and women to do things together. Yes. Um, These are also committed groups. Yeah. Uh, typically, we sign up and encourage people to stay in the same group for the full year. Yeah, or the full nine months or however the yeah. cycle is running in that group. And sometimes people will be added during the course of the year, uh, but then that's their committed group. So right. if it's not a place where you can just invite people randomly, it's a closed group. Right. And yes. you don't go to more than one Pilgrim group. And if we add people, we usually try to ask the group. Yes. Um, whether or not we can add some because it's also confidential. Yeah. So it's a committed group that it also is confidential. Uh, so the things that you say are not going to be then shared with other people. Now they may, if a pilgrim group leader thinks this is something I need some help with, um, would be, they might come to the elders and say, Hey, I'm kind of wrestling with this thing that's going on in my pilgrim group, or this person needs some help beyond this or, um, and so that'll be told to the elders who then are part of the shepherding team mm-hmm. and will help kind of do that. But and those, those kinds of things don't happen very often. Very, very rare. Uh, so it's mostly designed for all of those things to stay in a safe space so you can feel free to talk about what's going on in your life. Yep. So that's why pilgrim groups, I guess. Or that's that's kind of what, what it is. And then we'll get into more detail about what we do in Pilgrim Group. Yeah. Um, so we're re- it's really built around three things, um, which are prayer, scripture, and the hot seat model or the table of decision. Mm-hmm. So which one? Who's going to talk about what? Who's going to take what? 
<laughs> Since you can see we all planned real. <laughs> hey, it's a Healing the City podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take scripture, and then you guys can fight over the other one. So, because it was key to the very beginning of the Pilgrim Groups, and they've evolved, but what we really believed uh, and have still believe is that scripture being read over people and, and reflected on um, has the power to transform people, especially when you do that in a group of people committed to one another. And so uh, we wanted all of our groups at a minimum to follow through a text of scripture for their nine to nine months to a year time together. And that at times has taken the form of a study, a study that we've written written, or people will just pick a book that they're going to read through. Um, And the exception to that is there, we have written a couple of pilgrim group studies on community or on the six values of the village that integrate scripture, but don't go through a specific text. We did one called simple things that, uh, followed our sermon series, things like that. But usually it's still connected to scripture. Mm -hmm. That was a good sermon series. It was. And it's a good Bible study. And I like to kind of keep the scripture component up towards the front of the time because I consider scripture to be a valued member of the group and believe that the Holy Spirit works through scripture to speak to whatever is happening in our lives and whatever is going to be discussed in the conversation to follow. So that doesn't have to happen. Some groups have the Bible study part at the end. um, But I think it is important to know that scripture is not just speaking in some traditional sense where it's contained, but that we expect it to spill over into all the different spaces of our lives and speak to us. Yeah. And it it speaks to um, how we walk into prayer as a group and, and even how we walk into the hot seat model, which is very informed by is completely informed by scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, But in prayer, when we practice prayer together, we practice a few different things. Um, We practice some Trinitarian prayer. Um, People like to do, to draw the scripture reading into Lectio Divina and some prayer together in that form. Mm -hmm. Or we do just an in the round prayer where you just pray for the person on your left Mm -hmm. after things have been shared. That's one way. Yep. Um, And you can, if you're like, what, Trinitarian prayer? You can look up at one of the podcasts. We have podcasts on it. Or the website or the sermons. Yeah, it's all, it's all, or you'll be instructed on it. Yeah. Lecto Divina, same thing. So we, in my pilgrim group, we try to integrate prayer at every point. So there's even like transitions. So we pray at the beginning. We do a scripture reading. We pray together through the scripture. Someone prays to close our conversation around scripture. And then we enter in and we do the hot seat model. We pray for someone in the hot seat model. And then we close that time with prayer. Mm-hmm. So it's built through the whole it's good, like meeting. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the last, before we get to the last one, maybe just an overarching guide. Uh, so before we talk about hot seat is just some of the, the rules of the way we engage one another. might Maybe you could talk, Sue, a little bit about those rules yeah. of engagement. I think that the other piece that happens that isn't one of these three pillars of Pilgrim Group is that we want to hear each other's stories, each other's past stories, each other's present stories, the story Jesus is telling over the other people in our groups. And so we want to really listen to the people in our groups and we want to be listening to the Holy Spirit and 
this can also be just sharing about the things that are happening in our lives. So there's also often space for sharing in one form or another, the hot seat being a very focused version of that. And so what we really try to emphasize in pilgrim groups is active listening. And so we want to hear people speak what's happening with them and help them to hear what Jesus is saying to them. And so we try to avoid giving advice. We try to avoid telling our own story while somebody else is telling their story or using examples from our own lives and bouncing off of the story that is being talked about at that moment. And, um, and we try to avoid also giving uh, yes, having yes or no questions poised at people uh, or posed. We try pose. not to pose yes or pose. no questions <laughs> yes. uh, because we want we may want to ask the person to explain it a, a little bit more or flesh things out, or we may have questions that can help them hear what Jesus is saying to them and inviting them to, but we want to not shut it down with, uh, with yes or no questions or advice. Yeah. So we really, as you said, are, are trying to get people to offer a, a reflective way of, of listening mm-hmm. and, and asking questions. So um, just even like the famous village one of it sounds like yep. you're having a hard time. Can yeah. you tell me a little bit more of that? Or it sounds like your mom was uh, really mean. What was that like? Oh, no, she wasn't mean. But you're just, you're just reflecting and letting people talk about, mm-hmm. about who they are and where well, they're at. And I think part of the reason we stay away from telling our own story or giving advice is that when we start to think through, okay, what what can I tell this person to respond? Or what's, you know, how does this, what's the story in my life that I can tell? We actually stop listening. Yes. When you start planning the thing that you're going to say next, mm-hmm. you stop listening to the person. You stop, you're not, and when you're not inviting them to speak and share their story in more depth, you're stopping their conversation and starting your own. Yeah. And I think one of the things Pilgrim Group is going to disciple you in, if you are part of it, is it disciples you in the enjoyment of other people's stories. Because I think a lot of times we enjoy our own story, or at least want people to know our story, and we have a hard time enjoying other people's story. And so I think it's a good practice. It forces you to really treasure and enjoy what someone is saying. Mm -hmm. I think in line with the advice giving piece we also have to be really careful with words of assurance that we speak to other people yes. because mm-hmm. words of assurance can actually shut some a conversation down yeah similarly to giving advice could like, you give oh, an example of words of assurance well if, if you were telling me about something that has been difficult for you lately and i said oh it's going to be okay yeah yeah then that would shut it down instead of opening up Right. Even the conversation, even yeah. things that may be spiritually and theologically true, mm-hmm. like God has this in his hands. God is in control or the Holy Spirit is at work and will take care of this. Or Those things Jesus can free you. Jesus can free you. Jesus is going to take care. Those things may be theologically true, but they are not helpful in learning to listen to another person tell their story. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't give that person freedom to wrestle in front of you. Right. And come to those places. Yep. No, I totally agree. Yeah, so we're developing that when you get into building group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, any thoughts before we move on? 
pass that one? I think the other stuff will come through come hot out. seat. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, I, one, one, one thing is uh, those things, they are th- the things that are theologically true that stop conversation. Often, if we allow the person to continue to talk, we come to those kinds of places. And in, in conversation, if you come to a place where you're like, okay, well, let, let's pray, you can reflect on those things in prayer. So it's not that we're shutting down the assurance of hope in God mm-hmm. or yeah. the reality of the work of the Holy Spirit, um, but we're trying to offer people space to talk and to be listened to and heard. Um, before we go in and we pray and we offer the things that are true. I agree. I think there's space for it. It's just a a question of where that space is and trying to be really careful to not preemptively offer those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think before we just jump into what hot seat is and some of the things that we might, you know, we want to do with that or at least help people understand it. I think to go back to the confidentiality, one of the reasons that we do that is that sexual things get talked about and and those things are sometimes very difficult for people to even get out and to begin to process or people mm-hmm. talk about very difficult you know abusive things that may have happened to them in their story and so we need to be able to protect those and care for them and give those people a sense of safety so i think that's another reason that we keep the confidentiality of these groups and that's something i think of as honoring each other's stories yeah I think those sorts of things, the things that are shared in Pilgrim Group are are that person's story to share, not right. my story yeah. to share. Yeah. And so we want to honor each other's stories well. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it, it reminds me, you know, when Peter says, well, what about him? He turns around and say, talks about John and says, what about John? What about him? Mm-hmm. And P- Jesus says, if I want him to stay alive until I return, what is it to you? I'm not telling you his story. I'm telling you your story. Yeah, no, I think that's important. Yep. I like that. All right, so table of decision, hot seat. It's how we help process some of these ideas. Yeah, and this is something that we have also other podcasts on to explain all of the details. We have sermon series on this. This is something that will that will be described in the Pilgrim Group and there's more information on it out there. Yeah. But I think that the purpose of it is to help us recognize the practical application of the gospel in our lives in the everyday things that we face. Yeah. Yeah. It also helps us step into practicing these the 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 sort of rules of pilgrim group mm-hmm. of not telling not giving advice, not telling our own stories of active listening like it helps us practice those things mm-hmm. and my hope is always that when you learn to walk through the table of decision that the actual meeting of pilgrim group like that's a good thing to journey together and to walk through the table of decision um, but my hope is that you then take that and bring it into your conversations outside mm-hmm. bring it into your conversations with your spouse with your kids with your friends, with people on Sunday, so that our conversations on Sunday are about listening to the other person, not about, you know, oh, how was your day? Oh, that's great. My day was great too. Like these really short sort of stilted surfacey conversations. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to listen better, to ask better questions and to dive deeper into relationship. 
and and better offer Christ to one another. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think one, one other thing that's really important that I believe that sometimes it gets missed is that this is built, this the table of decision and the hot seat model is built around this idea of an event that happens in your life that produces a certain uh, emotional response. And that emotional response, just being able to get connected to that because that's where the enemy tends to attack you. And so really there are two purposes in my mind for this one. You're going to learn where maybe the enemy has some specific attacks in your life. And two, because we're learning to apply the gospel in some ways, you're just going to learn some rote things of this is Jesus's story. And the story he continues to tell me and my relationship with him. Here's who I am. And here's how repentance looks in my life. And that's really what we're trying to get people into is here's the enemy's attack here's the gospel that keeps being spoken to that here's where i tend to be invited yeah. to repent mm-hmm. and the and the thing that we often talk about is like the tapes that we play sure like which is an a, an outdated technological reference um which is fine but the that there are these things that repeat in our in our brains over and over and over and so when a thing happens and we have an emotional response a particular emotional response then the enemy wants to offer us something and that happens again and again. So when you talk through things and you listen to other people talk through things, you begin to recognize those tapes that are playing when you have those responses. And that invites us to remember the gospel and to remember who Jesus is and what he said. Yeah. So I think for the most part, people have can have an idea of what, building group is it's where men or women get together and they read scripture they pray together and they dig a little into each other's life and care for one another yeah and the another detail of that is that it happens at a consistent time yes typically it kind of depends on the group but usually these happen every other week and usually at the same time and place yes sometimes they move around depending on the group uh sometimes they'll move nights even depending on the group but uh, that will be a consistent rhythm yeah, throughout the and nine times out of ten year. it's the same place same time unless you got a fireman in your group or a policeman or somebody who's got a little abnormal schedule that we try to yep. accommodate yeah so just to i guess to close yeah um what oh. i had one other thought yeah. being that we expect people who are in pilgrim groups to be attending church regularly oh, yeah. at the yes. village on sundays yeah that's true in person yes and uh, and it's just a subset of the right. ministry of the village, right. and yes. so it is. It supports what happens on Sundays, and Sunday supports what happens in pilgrim groups. Yes. And so, if if you are in a pilgrim group, then there's an expectation that you will also. I mean, you can miss church sometimes. That's not the that's not the issue, but that you are a participating member of the community. Yeah, that the village is your community and yeah and that that's the place where you uh, are worshiping on sundays yeah well um in the psalms there's a whole sequence of psalms where people that it's about the pilgrimage to jerusalem for the feasts right so as you walk to jerusalem you read through the psalms of ascent so just to close i thought i'd read psalm 133 which i think is a really good picture of what we do together yes So Psalm 133, 
How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Amen. 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 And you've been listening to Healing the City. If you have questions, email us at healingthecity.gmail at gmail.com. Thanks. You've been listening to Healing the City Podcast with Susan Seepin and Eric Seepin. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.